pretty good. They're pretty good. Whoa. So tune in with Phil and Brett. Pretty good cooking. Pretty good cooking. Hi, you're Phil. Good morning, PGC! Yes, and it is a good morning because we are recording this in the AM, which is a real change of pace for us. Yeah, it's weird. It's a little It's a little weird. Uh, hey, Brett, huh? what you sipping on? <laughs> um, tea. Yeah, I'm having black coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little, a little destroyed last... Well, that's not true. I, I drank a lot up front. Um, we're, we brought out a special bottle and then uh it was like 124 proof something like that and i had Ooh. yeah i had a good amount of that and then i then just the day the night started catching up on me and i just kind of sat there for a while and i was like uh i need to some water and i need to go home so that's i tell you what last night i was watching the uh the ohio state buckeyes game uh, such as people in central Ohio do. <laughs> and we were winning by so much that it was so boring mm-hmm. that I was drinking more than I normally would while watching just because it was like, this is a stews fest. Yeah, we we were watching in, uh, so where we hang out, it's my friend's uh, like detached garage that we uh, lovingly call the shack out back. We actually have oh, t-shirts nice. made. Yeah, it's cute. Um, but we turn it on there too because he's you know like a smart TV, so you can just stream it from the, you know, yeah. like the Big Ten app. And same thing, we had it on, and like his Wi-Fi kept cutting out, and he's like, you know, let's just turn this off. This is stupid. I'm like, I agree. It's just I don't like it. So it's like uh, my mother loves those games. So I went to Penn State, obviously, which I think you knew already. So my parents are Penn State fans too, and uh, the lot like. Three or four of the games already have been like what fifty something nothing or fifty something seven, and I turn yeah. them off too. I'm so fucking bored with it. Boring. Yeah, I like a competition. At least keep it close. Like the pit game was close at least because it was a rivalry. But yeah, dude, those those become a real snore real quick. This is now a sports podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the most popular <laughs> channel on the Discord. Sports. <laughs> I love uh, when you scroll up through it. It's like you going football or foosball, and then like <laughs> you wait, and then the next post is foosball. It's been a week; nobody said anything. <laughs> so popular. I, I actually, because of the uh, the sports channel, I've, I'm a terrible local uh, sports fan. I fully admit. I didn't realize the hockey game was on as well. Mm. Uh, so per Slappy Joe, I tuned in. There's four minutes left in the game, the tie game. I was like, oh, man, this is way more exciting. Way, this this might actually be worth watching. Yep, you could have had I a good time. I tuned in, and regulation ended. They went into overtime, and CBJ lost within like 30 seconds of overtime. So I got a concentrated, disappointing experience. <laughs> Why be disappointed once when you can be disappointed twice? Yeah. Fantastic. So then I put on the boring football game again. <laughs> do, you, do you watch pro at all? Uh, not not really. Okay. I only really care about college football. Yeah, that's the way I am anymore. I mean, I have a pro team, but uh, I find pro football exceptionally awful. Yeah. I, well, based on where I live, I have I have to follow college football in <laughs> order to not be ostracized by by the locals. Oh you, oh, you mean how when every uh, establishment you go into is called Buckeye something? I mean, I didn't notice yeah. that at all. 
It's it's kind of like a cult. It's a unique culture. We don't have a whole lot of other culture, so I think that it gets overrepresented. Um, but certainly, like on game days, you can either go do game day things or you stay inside and and hide. Mm. <laughs> That's the only options. What great options they are. All right, so what we're going to go through today, and thanks for tuning in again, everybody, and uh, we have a good amount of episodes to get through. We Phil and I went uh, through them in the beginning before we started recording, so there's a nice little pile of content um, to get through. We have uh, our grades back from Lee on last uh, episode's Aussie Report with our quiz, um, and I'll be, uh, I have a fight to pick with him based on... Uh, is recording so just uh you know just to let you know there's gonna Spicy. be fireworks <laughs> yes i'm really glad that we have an air horn <laughs> you know what is it, it do you is it like a soundboard can yeah. i just like can i just be like but hit the air horn <laughs> yep that response time was incredible <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> I like the the couple uh, millisecond lag. That's the best part. Oh yeah, that, that's gonna come out great. <laughs> oh. I'll go in and just edit that tiny little bit out. And be like, wow, look at that, instantaneous. Mm-hmm. All right, um, so let's get started. So the next the the first episode uh, that we're starting on is avocado toast, um, which beyond a recipe was pretty much just uh, an angry rant with boomers and millennials <laughs> mm-hmm. it was it was fantastic but uh millennials do love avocados that is scientific fact and like you said they're willing to pay 11 dollars for one for an avocado toast 39 cents dude they just opened near my work a uh like an indoor marketplace thing with a bunch of different like food vendors and they have a place that makes uh whiskey and other stuff in there too and mm-hmm. uh one of them is uh, Robert Irvine's Fresh Kitchen. So he was in town. It was all exciting and whatever. And yeah, they have the $9 plain avocado toast and the $11 if you want a egg on it. Uh, yeah. So that let, let me just say that episode was inspired by a personal experience, which is why I got ranty and, and felt like I needed to make that episode. And well, first off, uh, I am a millennial and I do love avocado toast. I fully admit, <laughs> I, I, I'm willing to own that. I was at a business breakfast, and it was one of those business breakfasts where I was like, a meeting was called. We're having the meeting at, at the first watch because the subject matter was so sensitive. We couldn't talk about it in the office. Uh, but the flip side is I didn't, I didn't feel like um, I belonged at that meeting mm. or that I really had any anything great to contribute uh so i'm at this breakfast meeting i know i'm not going to be paying for breakfast and i'm kind of grumpy and i was like looking at this menu and i saw avocado toast for 11 dollars 39 cents and i was like man what they be doing to that toast that they can charge 11 dollars 39 cents <laughs> knowing full well i'm not going to pay for it so maybe this will be amazing <laughs> And it was two undersized pieces of multigrain bread with kind of an absurd amount of avocado. Like, 
like way more than you would like normally put on it. And then some, they, they call them basted eggs, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't really know what that means. They just seemed like regular eggs to me. Uh, and I think maybe they put some pumpkin seeds or something. Oh. There, there was some kind of seed on there. Mm. And it was fine. It was it was fine. But it was $11.39. And I, I just was like, this is, this feels like an alternate reality. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, this, I, 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 I love going through the exercise of trying to imagine how other people's brains work. Knowing full well that, you know, everyone's got different perspectives and different experiences. And I was just imagining someone being like, oh, man, I can't wait to go to the first watch because they've got great avocado toast and it's only $11.39. Only. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Shit. Like the first week or two, one of my coworkers was younger than I am. She came back with the avocado toast. Um, well, she came with that back a little bit, uh, the bag, and it had the, you know, fresh market, fresh kitchen, whatever it's called, on it. And I said, oh, what'd you get? She's like, ah, I just want some lights. I got the avocado. I'm like, you paid, you, you bought the $9 avocado toast. And her response to me was just, how old are you? It's <laughs> 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 fair. She the number real quick. <laughs> uh, I'm on the cusp. Depending on the, on the definition, I'm either Gen X or millennial. It depends where you cut it off. Yeah. So it just depends, but no. no man's land. Yeah. Well, my my fight's always been. I'm the same way with Italian food. I won't buy a pasta dish at a restaurant because I'm not paying twenty dollars for thirty nine cents of ingredients. I, I'm, I'm just not doing it. it. So, what's an avocado? Maybe two fifty. You know, if you're getting crazy, and an entire loaf of bread's a buck. <laughs> so, yeah. can't do it. Anyway, we got cheap avocados here. They're usually under a dollar. Yeah, it just honestly it depends on the time of year, and then I guess the variety. Um, I think uh, I think like the Lucky's Market, and actually more and more so other local supermarkets. I think they use them as a loss leader. Actually, mm. they they advertise cheap avocados, like the bananas, like with like the twenty yeah. cent per pound bananas, just to get you in the door, because nothing gets you in the door like the the low cost of bananas. I. I don't know if that's the case. I also have no idea. I don't. I don't understand the scale economies of bananas. <laughs> I do, I know that like there's a banana crisis and that the trees aren't doing so well and people people use the banana for. I, what is it with people using the banana as like a example of things? You got like the people who are like, well, the the ecosystems are collapsing. And bananas, as we know them, won't ever be the same. There's only one species of banana. Oh. Uh, but they also, like, you've got, like, the, well, it's like an old, old religious video of the guy who's, like, the, the banana is evidence for the sign of a creator because the banana pit, fits perfectly into the hand. That's a way of uh, of intelligent design. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> but I, I don't understand what it is about bananas. Maybe Maybe they're just... I find most, I find most fruits and vegetables fit nicely in my hand. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> have, have we talked about the uh, the green versus the ripe versus unripe banana debate uh, on the podcast? Because I know we have in the Discord. I don't think so. Where do you where, where do you fall on that spectrum? Do you like them green? Do you like them yellow? Do you like them brown? You mean for eating or for when I just the initial purchase? I uh, uh, eating. Um, yellow with like uh, brown freckles. 
So pretty, pretty darn ripe. Yeah, but not, preference? but still, um, but so that the I don't like it when it gets mushy. So it's like a, you got like a day or two when it's absolutely perfect. So it still has to be firm, but not um, underripe. If it's just bright yellow, that's not ripe enough. I, I tend to agree, but I have to say that for unripe bananas, they literally make me want to vomit. <laughs> like, it's one of the few things that, like, I can, like, take a bite of that, chew it up, swallow it, and then just be like, I'm going to fucking throw up. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just Ralph. So you don't like, so you don't like green plant, things made with green plantains then? So, like, mashed plantains? No, I, I love those because they're oh. fried and they're cooked. And, well, and, yeah. And that's no problem. It's okay. the raw, unripe banana. Which, by the way, that's exactly how my wife prefers them. Gotcha. That's strange. But it works out well because I just buy them, uh, I buy them underripe and she eats some. And then whatever she doesn't eat, they ripen up and I eat those. My, uh, my mom was sick. Alex. My mom was sick and uh, she sent my dad to the grocery store that never goes and uh instead of bananas he came home with yellow plantains uh, oh no which which she bit into and spit out and then called me and asked what they were and i said those are plantains she's like well what do you do with them so i went through like the different methods of like you know like you said frying and then mash, yeah, mash up yeah and she goes i'm just gonna throw them away <laughs> <laughs> she hates cooking so i'm like i understand that's i i mean I got to give her a little respect for that. I, mean, <laughs> I love that she called me to ask how, how, what you do with them and then lets me explain all of it. And then just, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and throw these away. It's called knowing your boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there's three steps? No. No, not going to do that. <laughs> On board. Uh, all right. So speaking of ripeness, that's actually my first uh, clip for the avocado episode. So I'll, I'll play okay. that. Good segue. Is your avocado ripe? One way of t selling is you take that little belly button and up on the top, pop it off, and if there's some green within, it's probably ripe. You also can do this by feel. In the same way that you would examine a testicle for cancer, you want a uh, like a light give, but not all the give. If it's too hard, you got cancer. If it's too soft, probably just should throw your ball away. Well, I'm sorry, if, I, if there are any uh, Gen Z viewers, of which I know there are not, if it's too soft, Please yeet the avocado away. There you go. <laughs> so it was informational. <laughs> Got a good a good cancer reference in there. And That's then you right. also moved on to Gen Z, too. I mean, you're just all-encompassing in this one. That was fantastic. Yeah, it's... I, I, in normal life, try not to talk about things in generalities. Try not to offend too many people. But, I, man, I don't know what... I don't know what got into me that day. I was just... I was just angry at every generation, <laughs> my my own included. I noticed, but it was it was equal opportunity. It was it was the you know the usual boomer bash, and they went right on to millennials. Like you okay with that, millennials? <laughs> Which actually, you know what? Let me just play the second clip right away too, because that's kind of what that is. In Double reference. clip action. Yeah. Boop, boop, boop. Well, hold on, wait. Why am I? There, there it is. Here's our toast. Nice and aesthetically pleasing. Okay, look at that. Looks great. Couldn't possibly look better. You take that avocado, slap it right on there. And you spread it just like you would any kind of topping on toast. And I think part of the reason this appeals to millennials is that even the, the dumbest of millennials can make a 
peanut butter jelly sandwich. You can make a peanut butter jelly sandwich, you can make this. The avocado is both the peanut butter and the jelly. Okay, don't wanna waste nothing. Cost us $11.39. Look at that. It looks great. Okay, nice coverage, even on the corners. See? <laughs> even a piece of shit, dumbass millennial can figure out avocado toast. Yeah, I, I uh, not to get too serious or too heavy. Oh, no. Just very, very briefly will say that I feel like a certain portion of the millennial generation feels under-empowered. I'm going to use the own language that they, they use. Right? Like, I, I, I don't want to sound like, like there's not legitimate problems. But there's a lot of people, I think, who uh, attribute their their own problems in life to external sources. Mm -hmm. It'd be like, oh, yeah, the boomers fucked our whole generation and student debt means that I can't live a happy life. And it's like, well, that's not really true. Uh, maybe you're just kind of a piece of shit. Like, that, that's that's... That's why I'm trying to make fun of a little bit there is what people who are like, oh, I can't spread things on toast because I got too much student debt. Yeah. Uh, as soon as something becomes an acceptable excuse, people start using it as such. Well, it just brings you back to remember the old the old memeing of uh, thanks, Obama. It's literally yeah. that for an entire generation right now. Thanks. Boomer. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I uh, obviously based on our our uh, back catalog of cooking episodes i don't think you got to be like optimized or like set up for success in order to do something i care a lot more about like the the effort of execution than i do the the end result and i think that like if you feel intimidated by cooking uh you should try spreading an avocado on some toast and you you would be surprised with the results that you could make for yourself. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> the That's like, uh, my, this obviously is not a millennial, but my, my father uh, doesn't really know how to cook and never has, which I kind of think he's a little bit of a weenie for not, not figuring that out. Uh, but I remember when I was a kid, there were a few times where he would, he would try. Mm -hmm. And like one time he, he tried to make spaghetti. Mm. So he boiled noodles and he put a jar of sauce on it. And, you know, it wasn't awful. Like he was he was pretty darn pleased with himself. And even just like that little taste of like dipping his toe into the water for a while. He was like making himself eggs uh, every Sunday mm -hmm. and be like he, he would make them really shitty. Like just <laughs> they like crack the eggs directly in the pan and like scramble them in the pan and overcook the hell out of them. But that's how he liked them. Mm. And you, you could, there's a perfect example of like, look, if you put your, just a iota of effort into something, you can make something you like. Yeah. My, uh, well, I think we've proven our family life is very similar. My father doesn't cook, doesn't know how, never tries. So his, his pride instead is, uh, like for family gathering stuff, I normally end up like my mom hates cooking. So it's normally, if I'm sitting on the couch, it's always, Hey Brad, what you, what you doing right now? <laughs> oh, okay. Which means, can you please just come and cook this for me? But then when the food turns out good, my father takes the credit for buying the ingredients. Ah. Yeah. So it'd be like, yeah, I got some pretty good steaks, didn't I? It's like, I'm, 
Yeah. I am the provider. Yeah. I, uh, none of this would be a success without me and my keen uh, <laughs> bargaining on the stakes. So, yeah. I spent all day hunting in the woods for those cows. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, they have a, we have a Costco that opened like four or five years ago now. And they have a Costco membership just for, well, for the gas and for meat. And so they always buy these gigantic Costco steaks. And they're, yeah. He's so pleased with himself every time. Like, Ugh. Oh, what would you say? That? Two inches thick? Yes, it's about two inches thick. Yes. Ugh. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that. Uh, <laughs> I would like a, a steak that's four inches thick or whatever. I, I don't think that's pleasant. <laughs> the only thing that's nice about when you have a, a thick one is it's hard to overcook. So yeah. if, if you're not a very attentive person, you can be like, oh, fuck, I should have flipped that, you know, and then you're probably still going to end up at least at a medium and you'll be fine. I, I would agree. And I think it, it falls into my larger narrative, hearkening back to uh, revisiting an old episode of A Man's Guide to the Grilling Steak mm. about how the higher quality steak that you buy, the less skill expression is required for it to be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because if you get, if you buy skirt, a skirt or a flank, and you're not using it for, you know, a recipe where, you know, it's like tacos or something like that. But if you're just making it to enjoy, like, a, I love a good skirt steak, just quick grilled. But you can fuck that up real quick. As soon as you take a skirt steak over, that thing is like a shoe. And you don't have a lot, I, of, you don't have a lot of time to get that thing right. I agree. But very interestingly, had a conversation with my boss, I don't know, some months ago, where he literally cited this skirt steak. As being the most forgiving of steaks, and that like he purposely doesn't buy more expensive cuts because he doesn't feel like he's good enough to cook them, but he'll just get a skirt steak and then blast the hell out of it. And <laughs> it comes out great. Well, the only thing you can do is since it's got the the striations in it with the muscle, you can you can still pull it, it apart, slice it. Yeah, you can pull it apart real easy. So you could be mistaking the ability to pull apart its muscle for tenderness, which you're not you know the same but yeah, yeah i don't know man but it is yeah yeah you can still eat it if you go over but um just like a quick like minute on each side on like a skirt it's fucking fantastic that uh, seems like not a lot of time to me oh it isn't but yeah remember what's a skirt a quarter inch thick uh i think there's different cuts like the that have you had the skirt steaks from like the the mexican uh butchers because they'll actually slice it even thinner, and no, you get this so. preposterously long <laughs> skirt steak. That's I get the ones in the they come in like the vacuum packs. I don't I don't know what they're branded, uh, but you like unroll them and they're yeah, probably they're like thin. yeah they're pretty thin. They're like probably twelve inches long, mm. and yeah long and thin. You can just just turn something up really really high. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, just I've gotten from that that Mexican butcher. I got a skirt steak that was like three or four feet long. (laughs) Well, the um, uh, the flank you got for when we did Ropa Vieja was the largest fucking flank I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, it was a two pack too, (laughs) if you recall. Yes, it was massive. That was a that was a surprise (laughs) to me. Like, oh, there's two in here. It's like when you buy the pork tenderloin and you open it and it's actually two tenderloins because you're like, oh, I need like a, a three pound for this recipe. So you pick it up and you, and you get it home and you unwrap it and it ends up being two. Instead, yeah. they use two my, to get to three pounds. 
the other example I like of that is when you um, there's a sale on pork butts, mm-hmm. and they put two of a, the shoulders in there. Uh, but if you don't know what a pork butt is, you're like, well, what are these the two giant ass cheeks? Like, <laughs> why do I need two giant pork ass cheeks? It's the complete butt. <laughs> that's, that's right. I just uh, split it in two, pull out the butthole, and away it goes. <laughs> yes. All right, moving on from buttholes to sliders. Someone's uh, eating that butthole. Somebody's eating, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably our dogs. Yeah, it's probably an Alpo. Mm-hmm. So, slider episode gets you back to your friends at Warped Wing. So, you have, did you do, is it a three, or are we expecting any more? So, you did a beer tour of the sliders and then you did the beer cheese? Is there any nope, more? That's it. That's it. That's it. So, this one was bison uh, sliders. This, this go around. Um, yeah. So we'll just start this off with uh, uh, with Phil's dad joke. John, he gave me this big beard that I don't know the name of it. Baltic Argonaut. Baltic Argonaut 2018? Aged in rye whiskey barrels. In a rye barrel. And he had to do me like that. But here we are. <laughs> and we're making the burgers. And I got to take this, this moment to tell you one of my dumbest jokes. All right, I love it. What did the Buffalo father say to his children when they left for their first day of school? I'm not going to answer that because I want you to answer it. Bye, sons. Awesome. That's actually on our board. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. It is. yeah. <laughs> Such an, again, an excited boy. <laughs> it was it was so much fun. I was, I it, it it was a wonderful day, but also I was being like force fed beers, at a, a I don't want to say an uncomfortable rate, but like a, a rate much more quickly than I would choose to drink, mm-hmm. like on a a regular day, I suppose. And that beer that John gave me, uh, that Baltic Argonaut was like oh, it's like thirteen percent ABV or some some ridiculous. Well, shit like that. It's funny because you can tell um, if you pay attention to how long that took you to drink because you got to hand that partway through the slider episode and then the entire like hour long beer tour episode, you're still holding the same beer? It's, uh, no, actually that's not the same beer. Oh, it wasn't? Um, it looked no. like the same glass. No, I, it might have been the same glass. They gave me something else. Like, God, I don't even know what it was. And then uh, for part of that tour, we had the... Uh, pumpkin beer from the from the barrel mm. yes yep yeah i'll get to it a little bit later yeah a little bit later i won't go in order um but yeah so bison burgers um no cheese but lots of beery onions which is fucking fantastic yeah those got yeah, a lot of a lot i've got a lot of feedback from people that the uh the 10 ton onions mm-hmm. were like inspirational they never thought about like caramelizing onions and beer and they're they're fucking fabulous. They're really, really delicious. Yeah, they look like syrupy good. I uh, I gotta I gotta admit something on this podcast, and that is, we intentionally made those sliders larger than they normally do, <laughs> just so they would look better on camera. Uh oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Well, I guess it wasn't totally intentionally. I kind of just started making small patties without following any parameters. But they they told me they normally make them two ounces. And I think that's very, very small. Yeah, two ounces is a a meatball. meatball. Yeah, it's a meatball. 
But I mean, but it, it, it is a slider, day. so you know. Yeah, they're uh, not just bison; they're bison and bacon sliders. Yes, that's but right. Yeah, uh, grinds up bacon ends, um, which I imagine he's getting those from Lucky's Market because I don't know who else sells bacon ends. <laughs> and there is a Lucky's Market somewhere around there, I think. Yeah, it's the only place I can get those. I can get them at the farmers market near me, and that's the. And you have to like ask; it's not in the case. That's the only place I know I can get bacon ends. My grocery stores don't have them. Yeah, I I gotta tell you what, uh, Aaron, who is the kitchen manager there, was just a real joy to work with. He's a really goofy, fun-loving guy, and he's I think he's living the, his personal dream is wor- working at that brewery. And uh, John, the brewmaster, who's also one of the the businessmen who run that brewery, I think that they. Uh, they're going to be doing some really cool stuff that's going to benefit Aaron as well. Uh, most particularly, they're going to open up a, um, a second location uh, in Springboro. Uh, and that's going to be a much, much smaller brew scale operation. So it's going to be like a pilot batch area. But it's also going to be a smokehouse uh, mm. restaurant. So they're buying like the the Ferrari of industrial smokers. Mm-hmm. They're basically just going to have Aaron smoke meat every day. Boy, that sounds terrible. What a terrible yeah. life that must be. Yeah, he he seemed like a very happy man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If that if that can pay all your bills and that's what you get to do all day, fuck yeah. Yeah, Hell not yeah. not a bad life at all. No, we do that around here a little bit. So the larger like microbreweries, they just call them like. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, they call them just call them ta- like their tap rooms. So you yeah. can, you can go to like their their main one, and sometimes they have a restaurant, sometimes they don't. But then they'll have like the you know whatever brewery tap room, and then it's like a smaller in like town where they sell the beers, and then you can get food too. So it's like their bar where they sell their stuff, but then yep. you don't have to go to the brewery. Yeah, we got lots of those too. Yeah, so similar kind of thing. Oh man, man, this early shit. I'll tell you, Phil, it's fucking killing me. I feel great. I've got I've I've on my second half of my second cup of coffee and I make coffee in that uh French press that we mm-hmm. reviewed on the show and I took the whole thing in here with me. So I'm just going to drink the whole thing while we record this. You're a wise man. Man, I didn't even get my contacts in. I I did shower though. I wanted to be presentable for you, but that's very kind of you. <laughs> I I I even shaved. So I got to be a handsome boy for Phil. But, uh, I actually can't see you like at all because the window's open oh, and it's yeah. like blown out. You look like you've ascended, well, descended from the heavens. Oh. It's like old old Saint uh, Saint Brett come <laughs> come back from the grave. I have come to give you flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going. I I normally use so when we do this at night, I have uh, I'm at my kitchen table in case you could never figure that part out, but. Uh, I normally turn on the uh, the overhead light, but I don't really I don't like overhead lighting that goes down. Really, I don't like it like directly in my eyes like that. Most of my lighting, my house is yeah. like up lighting. So if I could get away with not having to use that, which I can, because we're actually doing this during daylight hours, so I was like, I'm just gonna open the window. So that's yeah, it. it's totally fine. You don't you don't need to change anything. Yeah, I don't need to stare at your handsome boy. All right, so back to sliders. Okay, so this the next clip is. So this is a conversation one. So you guys agree on burger technique. I will mildly disagree, and I'll tell you why I disagree after we play it. 
So when you're doing burgers, and I'm gonna teach you a little trick when you do burgers, if you have a burger that falls apart in the grill, it means your burger had too much air in it. So if you actually kind of knead your meat and toss it like that, that is not just for uh, show, but it is to get the air out of the burger so that when you make a patty, it stays perfectly around, it does not break up. And that's why you always wanna really work your meat when you're making burgers. That's what I do too. And it's counter to like the modern narrative where they're like, just don't touch the meat at all. Just to put it into a patty with as little, little touching as possible. You f that, you make a big ball, and you smack it around until it's a patty, and it'll right. stick together. You gotta get the air out of it. I could do this. I've done this before. Yeah, you work it into a ball, and then you do the smacks. Yeah, the smacks. The smacks are essential. Perfect. Here you go. So that's the that's the agreed upon burger technique. So I am in the don't overwork your uh, ground meat crowd. I'd make burgers where you grab a bunch and you push it enough just to make a patty and that's it. So one, I like, well, I actually, it's gonna be a, another hot take, but I prefer a cast iron smash burger to a grilled burger. So if I'm doing that too, so you're smashing, it's the way you get like the crispy lacy bits on the outside. If you overwork, you don't get that. But then also if I'm going to grill by keeping it loose, if your burger's falling apart because it's loose, it means you tried to flip it too soon. As soon as it's got the perfect crust on the bottom, it just releases from the grill. You don't have to worry about it. So those are my takes. Again, apparently the unpopular opinion in this crowd, but that's my uh, that's my burger take. So I, it, it's it's different different strokes, different meat smacks for different folks. The 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 method you're describing. Uh, well, I, first off. The smash burger is a completely different kind of burger. Yes, it's a completely different method, and so I don't I don't feel like it's apples to oranges. Like if you're gonna smash the meat on the grill or on the cast iron or whatever, that's that's what kind of patty do you need to make? You're smashing it. It doesn't matter. Like the the smashing is the patty, patty the patification process. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, the the uh, what we're the reason that I'm in that camp. Uh, in particular, is when I worked at the restaurant, we cooked them on an actual grill, not like uh, not a flat top, but like a, a legitimate grill with bars. Mm -hmm. And if you don't actually take the time to make like a proper patty, it doesn't matter how you're searing them because you're not going to have full contact uh, with the meat. You're making grill marks instead. You need some kind of structural integrity there. Uh, and I made by hand every single burger we sold out of that kitchen. So I spent a lot of time learning how to make those patties. And, and like with trial and error. Uh, but so certainly I, I think there's merits to both. Um, but my, my take on that, I am so good at making patties now that that's just how I like them. And I don't have, ever have any issues with like getting the sear on them or the lacy bits as you describe them. Uh, but in a future not to be released yet episode, you'll see some evidence that contradicts that actually. <laughs> Stand by so I could be proven wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the only thing, and it's with most ground meat. So the more, and this is true for ground pork, it's true for any ground meat. The more you work the ground meat, the tougher it's going to get. So, with burgers, I try to use as much, as, as most hands-off as possible. I keep, I like to keep it together just enough so it stays together. But, like, if you had, um, 
like if you've ever made or had like the Vietnamese meatball, like they put in pho, like yeah. it's so pulverized because they use like a food processor. It's that you could like bounce them. And I, I do that method too when I make um, like dumplings or wontons at home too. I use a food processor and I put the ground pork in that. So you get that like it's almost like meat slushy. And then that's how you get that real, real firm. So that's I, – I, I have never had a tough burger uh, that was made the way that I make them. No, I'm not arguing but, that you can't but, make a good burger. I'm just saying for me, that's what I find. Well, the, the flip side is that, like, I don't I don't want a soft burger. Like, the <laughs> idea of that being no chew at all in a pile of meat kind of sounds bad to me. <laughs> but this, I, I, I fully recognize that's not, like, a totally standard, typical opinion. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of, like having weird experiences with that. So there's like cheap Wagyu beef <laughs> yes. at, uh, at the Lucky's Market. And I got one of those. It's like an individually wrapped steak. And I cooked it, and it was too soft. I was like, I, I don't, I don't, not only do I not want to pay a premium for this, I just don't want this. Yeah. I, and I, I totally recognize that's not, that's not normal. Well, and we well we talked about it briefly in the Discord when you said how much it costs. I'm like, well, it because it, it can take all all wagyu is is it has to be like four breeds of Japanese cow. It's just like black Angus. People are like, oh, I bought black Angus steaks. It's like cool. So you know what breed the cow was? That doesn't mean it's a good steak. That doesn't yeah. mean it's a well marbled good steak. It just means it was a black Angus breed. Same with wagyu. It just means it was a Japanese cow. We did talk about that, but it was it was mater- the steak, not the ground beef. Mm-hmm. The steak was materially different mm-hmm. from what I was used to eating, and it was softer, and I did not like it. It's it's a little too fatty for me. I'm not a huge yeah. Like I said, you're paying a premium, and if you don't enjoy that, and especially because you normally they almost uh, you know depending on how you make they don't um, they don't color. The same way as like a normal steak, they almost like because you can't, you don't want to overcook it because then you're gonna cook out all the fat that you literally just that's the whole reason you paid for it. So you almost end up with like gray steaks, which aren't like that appealing. I don't know. There's, I don't really get the wagyu fascinating. I'll just be, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's not for me, but I've gotten the wagyu burgers before, like the ground wagyu. And after I made it, well, first of all, they're already like 65% or 70%, you know, where you got 35% fat in there. And I, pre-ground meat i don't like to cook anything less than at least medium because you don't know how long that's been sitting there you didn't grind it yourself so you don't know what kind of bacteria because bacteria loves ground meat so if it's been sitting for three days all that surface bacteria on the meat was ground inside of it and just been hanging out for all Mm -hmm. that time so i'm not going to make a rare wagyu burger from pre-ground wagyu and then if you're taking it to medium you might as well just buy 80 20 because what's the point yeah so that's fair. Yeah, I've done it because they do the, uh, you know, when they put the manager sticker on where it's 60% off because it hit the sell-by date, that, mm-hmm. that's when I bought it. I was like, well, <laughs> for, for $4, whatever. Hell yeah. But I'm, uh, my buddy Rain is trying to, um, he, he has a lot of interest in like A5 Wagyu beef. Mm-hmm. He's trying to, uh, or, um, trying to organize an event where we like, Fly in some beef from Japan and and try it out. And I, I'm I'm willing to do it. It's ex- like incredibly expensive. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to experience it. But I I have to admit, 
I'm a little skeptical. We were making all those those sweet, uh, you know, Bezos bucks. You can apply that seven dollars and fifty cents right to your <laughs> WEC. I still haven't got a payout from Twitch, <laughs> which, is, which is bullshit. I do. I literally have been like googling, like, "Where's my money, Bezos?" <laughs> what I do? What I like about the Twitch, but well, again, we'll we'll talk about. I'm always jumping ahead, but I, the only thing I, I like about Twitch more is the fact I can just throw pennies at you. Whereas when you stream on YouTube, you have to give you at least a minimum of $2. Whereas Twitch, I can just be like, here's a fucking penny with a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> you you earned this. Ugh. Yeah, more of a, a donation of malice than anything. <laughs> I like to th- take, take this penny, you yeah. bear. As soon as the stream starts working, like after like there's a like it gets buggy or something like that, I just like to throw a penny. It's like, there you go. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> you found internet again. Have a penny. Oh, that's funny. Oh shit. So let's see. That's sliders. Anything else we want to touch on sliders? I think that pretty much covers it. Other than uh I like a slider, but almost does it almost feel like the slider craze is almost gone? Like it was really oh, hot yeah, for a yeah, while. Yeah. Many, many things, M-I-N-I things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a fad that's passed. It's not not too many people are into sliders. Uh, my wife will get it occasionally, um, but it's a lot of times when she wants a variety. When yeah. they're like, here you can have a, a bison and a beef and a chicken or whatever. Yeah, that's the only that's, time I'll get it too. It's if it's a, But if it's three of the same burger, I don't want that. It's just too much bread. Yeah, I, I would say uh, the only closing thoughts there, and I know we'll, we'll talk more about Warped Wing, but I just can't say it enough. I had so much fun there. Warped Wing is an awesome brewery, and they're growing like crazy, mm-hmm. uh, which is really, really cool. Uh, and even, they're not lo- super local. I mean, they're in the next city over, uh, but they're definitely picking up in popularity in central Ohio, which is really cool. And where do they distribute outside or no? Like can people get it elsewhere? I don't think it's outside of Ohio right now, hmm. uh, but I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I haven't seen it outside of Ohio. And, and since I don't live in Ohio, so I don't really know the rules. But I know, like in PA, there's different licensing for distilleries, so you can get a you can get a license easier if you don't distribute outside the state. If you distribute outside, you have to get a different one, which are limited and more expensive. So if Ohio is the same way, it could be why. You know, depending on whatever, I, I like I said, I could be talking my ass, out of my ass for Ohio. I don't know, but it could be that way too. So, but if they grow, you know, they could always change that license. I'm gonna, I'm trying. I pulled up their website. I'm gonna try to see if they can, if they got a thing. I don't. They t- don't have a. They don't have a find a. No. Find what to buy. I don't really go. I don't really drink that much beer anymore. So. I couldn't tell you if it's on a shelf nearby. But, so, so that sounds like I'm cracking a can as you speak, but uh, it, it's LaCroix. <laughs> das Kreutz! Yes. It's berry flavored because I wanted a pink can because I'm a cute little boy. Mm. Brett, sometimes you say stuff like that and I just don't know you how to respond. Don't, don't know where that goes? <laughs> <laughs> you could just agree with me, Phil. <laughs> usually, usually I just choose to say nothing at all. I like it. Uh, what's what's the saying? I'll, I'll take silence as acceptance. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next episode, goat curry. So you did goat curry again, um, which was was Jimbo's idea, right? Yeah, it was. It was Jimbo's idea. Uh, 
and he brought like most of the fam, which was a lot of fun. Uh, one disclosure uh, about that episode: I got sick as hell during the filming. Like I don't know what happened. I had like a migraine. Yeah, you that were developed fading. like partway <laughs> through that episode. <laughs> well, you you kept mentioning on having that you were dying and sleepy. Yeah, I felt so shitty. It was bizarre. Like I, I don't even know. I don't know what came over me. But like, I I for a while thought I wasn't going to make it through that episode. Well, you're um, uh, what's his name, Jimbo's son, Alex. See, he was he was on point though. He could have taken over. Tag. Oh him yeah, in. He, he he was. I was trying to like encourage him to do more stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't think he's done a lot of stuff on camera. Uh, so he was a little bit shy. Uh, but awesome dude, really, really funny guy, um, and talented cook too. And I, I was like, "Come on, dude, I, I'm dying. Like, please just take over this. <laughs> I'm tagging you in." It was. Uh, I, I like that he did come with pre-chopped ingredients. He did, yeah. Man, yeah, uh, it, it was funny that uh, when John finished editing that episode, uh, I was like, "There's like no Jimbo in this." And it's true. <laughs> John's comment is like, that's because Jimbo didn't do anything the entire show. That's weird. He literally like he brought like a like a zero gravity chair. Yeah. And just sat in the shade and drank <laughs> beers. That's how he did. Well, he's all that man is always living his best life. So that was his he best is. life that day. Yeah, he had a great time. Yeah. It is true because uh man, he's a he's a larger than life presence and it is true when you don't see him, it's like, huh. Hmm. Yeah. Cause even in well the last one he was in, which was, I think, the pork belly one. At least he was giving you shit from afar. You just hear the Jimbo voice booming at you from a, <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> but Maybe maybe he was taking it on easy on me yeah. since I was under the weather. Yeah, you're fading. But it did give you the opportunity to use your ridiculous spoon again. Which... Yeah, the, the Alex Franz commemorative spoon. <laughs> and I'll, uh, that's, that's my first clip, so we'll get right into that. Uh, we're gonna do 12 onions. So we're we're timesing the recipe by three and not making any adjustments. So when you make a triple recipe, you get to use the Alex Fry's commemorative spoon. It's so convenient because one, you can like basically get a serving. You can be like, here's your clap, and you can use it to feed orphans. Like Kevin. Yes, like Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stand here and watch as this guy cuts onions, and uh, we'll I think when the onions are done, I'll start cooking. So, the introduction of the spoon again, and uh, the the orphan Kevin comment. I love Kevin's face, <laughs> dude. What the fuck? Yeah, that's that's like a classic interaction between John and Kevin, where John has some silly idea, and then Kevin doesn't understand it. <laughs> just just not on board. Yeah. <laughs> so that wouldn't. That's one that you bought. Isn't that wasn't that Patreon money? No, Alex Franz gave us a direct donation for that spoon. and requested that we buy a really, really big bowl. Oh. And I said, no, I'm going to buy <laughs> this big spoon instead. And so it's named after him because that's that's what we got with it. <laughs> he's, a, he's a long, long time fan of the show. Big shout out to Alex Franz. Love you a lot. I think he's been he's been pretty sick lately. Uh-huh. So if he's listening, I, I hope he feels better. Giant spoon. How much? How much does a giant spoon run a man? I don't even know. Where do you Where do you purchase said spoon? I got it at Saraga. <laughs> that actually, that makes perfect sense. It's hand carved. It's like clearly hand carved. Like 
it's like shittily hand carved. Like someone like just scraped the back of it with a knife for a while. But yeah. I love it. I love that big ass spoon. Is it actually? Is it? Is it made to be used for food, or is it a decorative? Like, is it? Oh, it's oh, it's made to be used. Okay. It's not. It's not aesthetic enough to be a decorative. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um. It is a strange shape because it, it's like a bowl on the end of a stick. Like, it, there's no real angulature nature to it. Yep, it's just for scooping glop. <laughs> scooping, scooping glop and giving it to orphans. That's right. We haven't seen that baby since, like, your old house that I can remember. Since the last time you used that thing. Um, I think I used it for pho, but I'm not totally sure. That's, that's my usual application of an outdoor burner. I'm just... The the pho that was wasn't that somebody's birthday? I don't know what that was. Yeah, it was Rain's birthday. Okay, all right. I remember things. Hey. Yeah, super fan, super fan. Oh wait, hold, oh fuck, hold on. I gotta put down my drink. Super fan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy, that's never gonna get old. Well, we're back from a momentary pause for stuff and things. That's a great. That's a great transition. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and we're back. And thank you. Ah, oh, fuck! I had a commercial lined up. Why didn't I go to the commercial? What an asshole! Ah, missed opportunity. What a dick. Edited in. I could. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> All right. This is not live. <laughs> this, there's no possibility of that happening, Phil. God damn it! All right. Okay. <laughs> um. So along with goat curry, so uh, Big Spoon, um, and then the garam masala explanation. So that's just my next clip, just for uh, what is garam masala. All right, we're in that, like I said last time we filmed, I said we're in that home stretch. Oh, we're still there. So I got the garam masala, that's the finishing spice, and it smells incredible. God damn. So we'll give this, you don't, you don't want to use a whole lot. If you do, you might regret it. That looks good to me. It's very strong tasting. I mean, that's that's why you put it in at the end, right? You're gonna use a little bit. It's gonna lend that strong flavor over everything else that we just cooked down. It's the uh, it's kind of like the last note in the uh, the end of the song, where you like you eat the flavor and it's like dun, 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 dun. boom. That's the garam masala. There we go. Best <laughs> best analogy of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Creative metaphors for. <laughs> 100, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Um, that yeah. spice was legit. I don't think we talked about it in the show. Uh, and I will use I will use conditional statements. Um, but Alex is a travel nurse. Mm -hmm. So he travels the world quite a bit. And he may or may not uh, have brought those spices home from very cool legitimate places so they were they were like og straight off the plane type spices they were really really good a lot of prom uh not problem but what's kind of unique to uh indian cooking in general is like there is no such thing as curry in real indian so curry powder is bullshit it's just it doesn't there's no recipe for it it's just the british called them curries and just kind of adopted but i don't i mean there's things that go into garam masala like cinnamon and all that and clove and all that kind of shit but i don't the same thing it's like it's down to whoever made it you know what so the the variance is high just like there is mm -hmm. curry powder whoever you know if it's mccormick's curry powder it's not gonna taste the same as somebody else's you know i mean they're all gonna have turmeric because you gotta make it you gotta make it yellow 
And yes, there is an R in turmeric. You know, <laughs> turmeric. There's a hundred percent an R in fucking turmeric. Um, but yeah, it's always up to the the purveyor since uh, curry's not real and garam masala is real. But I don't think there's a a set. I think it's like one of those. Here's the here's the stuff that should go into it, but the ratios and everything are just up to the the person. But if you've ever seen like any of those internet videos of uh, like Indian grandmas cooking and stuff. They just have that giant. Do you ever see that? They have like the the tin of spices that have individual little spice tins. Yep. And when they're cooking, they just have a, a spoon. They're like, la, foo, 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 foo. There's like yeah. portions of a teaspoon. They know how much to just throw in. It's like this is fucking amazing. <laughs> I I watch those videos all the time. That's that's the part that gets me the most. Is like they don't measure shit, and they're just like la 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 la, and we're done. They know. Yeah. They know. It's amazing. I I cannot. Well, that's not. I can fix things if uh, I can fix things by just adding little bits and bobs. But I am unlike you. I am a measurer, which is weird because I hate baking. I don't bake because everything has to be so precise and it doesn't allow for any errors. So I try to measure pretty much everything. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. But yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a measure boy. You're a you're a feel. You're a feel cooker. Like this feels like the right amount, which is fine. I just can't. I I'm feel. He likes to feel. Hi, I'm Feel. Hi, I'm Feel. Feel. That, I, I, I probably have mentioned on the show at some point that growing up, there was I had some neighbors who were, uh, God, I don't know where the hell they were from. <laughs> but when they saw me, like we would go out riding bikes on the street and stuff, they'd be like, hey, Feel! <laughs> As uh, <laughs> two, two, uh, two parts of my name. Feel. Feel. You get two syllables in that name. I feel the uh, the the feel. It reminds me of I don't know if you've ever watched that show on History Channel where they make knives, and it's I think Doug Markaida. I don't I don't know if he's Filipino. I don't remember, but he's like a, a martial arts weapons expert. But that's like his line for kill. He says kill. Yeah, what? Yeah, it will kill. So that's just what I was thinking Yikes. of for the feel. Yeah. Yikes. Yes. Anyway, scary. F- forged in forged in fire. So I don't know. I like knives, so knife making. But like, they make a lot of like mall ninja swords and shit. So that's not really up my alley. But <laughs> I don't have cable. Uh, well, it's History Channel. They have an app. Instream. Any hoozle. So moving right along. Uh, so we're gonna change paces and go off to the uh, our friend Lee's Aussie report for the month. And what this one is is this is just basically. The answers to last month's quiz. So if you didn't listen to last month's episode, you need to stop yourself right now. You go back, you listen to the entire thing, you come back and join us. Um, so he gave a quiz to you, Pat, and myself um, for uh, five um, Australian slang words. Um, so we'll get through this. And there's uh, just the, his first one is, is uh, why I'm going to fight with Lee. Uh because uh, he gave you credit, and goddamn it, you don't deserve it, and I'll show you why. But before we get to the Aussie report, I'd like to uh, have a word from our sponsors, Goya, and uh, it's also one of their more creepy commercials. So I hope everybody enjoys. So there I was walking down the Goya aisle, and I saw the most incredible chick, peas. So you like our pasta beans? You kidding? I love Goya chickpeas. Yeah. 
Next thing I knew, we had dinner plans, and I knew exactly how to impress her with whole, plump, and award-winning Goya chickpeas. Or garbanzo beans, as she says. Goya chickpeas, real quality for real-life chefs. If it's Goya, it has to be good. There we go. I hate that. I can't believe a human being conceived of that and was and got paid dollars and was like, let's... I, I don't understand how that got made. <laughs> that, I made better commercials in college than I did. But it, uh, you'll have to see the actual video too. But I saw the most amazing ca- uh, chick peas. And it's like, wink. Uh, uh. <laughs> thank, thank you, Goya. <laughs> no, no, thank you, Goya. <laughs> All right, perfect. So we'll swing, segue right into Ozzy Report. And then uh, I'm going to pause the Aussie report, which I never do midstream, just to uh, insert a rebuttal. And the rebuttal is literally just a clip from last week. So let's begin. Well, hello, everyone. Hopefully my energy is a bit higher this month as my hangover has subsided and I'm feeling a lot better this time around. I'll make this quick as a nest of birds seems to have decided that outside my window is the best place for them to have a squawkathon. So I apologize for any background noise if the microphone's picking that up, but I enjoyed hearing all your definitions for the five words that I gave you. And although I've got no doubt that you're gonna dispute what the actual definitions are, I think you did a damn good job of coming up with your own. First word, my shout, Phil had right on the money. A shout is around buying beers or drinks or whatever at the pub. You go into a shout, it is your shout when it is your turn to buy. So right there, motherfucker said you got it right, rebuttal. Starting off, this one I think I know because I've heard it, but I've only heard it uh, in the UK way, which is my shout. Like if you say something's my shout, that only means like if you're buying a round of drinks, it's your turn. But I don't know if that's the same thing. My my guess was that it's something you're really into. Like what was you, it? My you, shout. You, it's your passion. You're like, I am excited about this, so I'm going to shout about it, and therefore it's my shout. Yeah. So, um, fuck you, Lee. <laughs> I got it right. One, zero. Let's continue. Around. The second phrase was to chuck a sickie. Contrary to what you said, chucking a sickie was not throwing up. Chucking a sickie is taking a day of sick leave from work when you aren't actually sick. So for example, oh, your mates are down at the pub. Why are all my examples relate back to the pub? Yep, that works. Your mates are down at the pub on a Friday afternoon. You want to go, but oh damn, you've got to work. So you just call your boss, you chuck a sickie, and then you head down for some beers. Number three was spit the dummy. Spitting the dummy is when you throw a tantrum, when you call your boss to chuck a sickie, but he calls you out on it and says, no, you've got to get into work. You might spit the dummy. It is taken from, I think, babies. When they're about to cry, they spit out the dummy and then they cry. Number four was a bogan. Now, I'm pretty sure we already talked about this on the PGC Discord before I uh, I recorded this little segment for the podcast. But I think the best way to describe a bogan would be the Australian equivalent of a redneck. Uh, a lower class individual, let's say. A someone... Hold on, let me... I don't want to offend anyone here, especially all of our three Australian listeners. So I'm going to look up the dictionary definition of a bogan and see what it says. Sorry if that keyboard was loud. Oh, okay, here we go. A bogan is Australian and New Zealand slang for a person whose speech, clothing, attitude, 
and behaviour are considered unrefined or unsophisticated. Depending on the context, the term can be pejorative or self-deprecating. I think 90% of all Australian humour is self-deprecating, so no surprises there. But yeah, a bogan is a bit of a redneck. He's a bloke that likes to sit around, cracking tinnies, probably has a mullet, wearing a blue singlet. Uh, yeah, that's a bogan. Google it if you uh, want some examples, because I'm looking at the Google image results and there are some fine ones. Now, number five was furfy, and I think it got a bit lost in translation. I said it was related to a beer, and there is a beer called furfy, a very shit beer. But before a couple of years ago when that beer was released, a furfy was a, let's say a fanciful or exaggerated story. Someone's talking bullshit. So, for example, when your bogan mate comes to the pub and when it's his shout, he says he can't buy any beers because he tried to chuck a sickie but his boss spit the dummy and he got fired. If any of that was untrue or fanciful or exaggerated, you might think he was telling a few furfies. So that's it for our words for the month. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'm sure Brett will stand by his much dirtier definitions that he came up with, but that's what they are. Until next time, I've been Lee and this has been the Aussie Report. How dare he. I, I don't feel outraged. I, I feel educated. Well, I feel outraged that he gave you credit. I am outraged. I want the one point that I scored. You can, you can have it. Okay. <laughs> I got nothing writing on this. I just, I just want to, I don't know. I just want to be in a fight with Lee. <laughs> I just want to, I want to have some Aussie drama. I want to have an enemy you on the other side of the world. You need to go to Australia and kick his ass. <laughs> Hop on a plane. I'm here to drink some Fosters and to kick some ass. Let's do this. That <laughs> definition of furfy makes sense that a beer is named after it. That's like, it, uh, it, that makes sense to me. Yeah, the uh, spit the dummy. I, now I actually kind of feel uh, dumb in a way because I, I did know that a dummy was the name of like a pacifier, but it didn't, it didn't connect like spit the so just spitting out your passport but i just didn't uh he didn't no. he didn't bother to give that definition in his definition so he used slang to well not slang i guess uh australian colloquialisms uh to explain other australian colloquialisms <laughs> yes exactly that is also accurate yeah so screw you lee you, you can't even do that right i'll fight you i'll fight lee, you. i'm not mad at you <laughs> collectively, I have no quarrel with you. Co collectively, we're very mad at you, and I'm happy that your ramp seeds got uh, seized by customs. You don't deserve ramps, you son don't of a bitch. Talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> don't don't discuss his his dealings. <laughs> That's right. That's right. What's up? That's what's up. I said it. He may or may not have ordered those ramp seeds. <laughs> and they may or may not have been seized by customs. We don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know what happened. We don't know. This is uh, just like the land he supposedly comes from. It's just all lore. There's no way to prove that it exists. There's just no way. It's all lies. We need to hire a lawyer for this podcast. Do we? <laughs> no, this is probably... Or a PR person or something. No, this is fine. This is fine. What's a little... <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, you know what it is? I mean, it's... Uh, it's a completely sober one, so, you know, it's not as outrageous. Um, and uh, there were no uh, Japanese businessmen this time around, so... I don't know if I'm completely sober, to be honest. Good. Are you drinking kombucha? Uh, I, yeah, I did have some. Good. <laughs> <laughs>
I did have some. Well, then there you go. Well, you're yeah, less you're than less than one percent. I don't know. It's not even listed. Whatever it is. I am just trying to hydrate because I woke up this morning with what felt like a mouth of sand. I was so fucking dehydrated from last night. So I've been spending the morning. I was like, I chugged like two glasses of water because I was just like, mm-hmm, I have to talk. And then the tea. And now I'm on to uh, my, my, my pink can berry, you know, seltzer water. But uh, no, I'm not going to drink yet. Uh, so, yeah, that's Aussie Report. And uh, I will fight you, Lee, just so you know. All right. So moving along through the uh, the month, we got our first. Well, no, it's not our first. It's the second time you live streamed on YouTube, right? Wasn't the other one? You did it before. Am I right? Not on YouTube. Not on YouTube. No. So you did a live stream on YouTube. Uh, what two weeks ago? I guess it was on a Thursday night, um, and it was a very special Goya episode. It was fantastic. Um, and so I guess just so we talked about live streaming on the previous month's podcast. And uh, is this going to be is this going to be the breakdown now? Do you think you're going to do cooking YouTube and gaming Twitch? Is that the, the yeah, plan? Yeah, I think that's that's the plan. Um, I think that we're not going to live stream cooking a, uh, like every week. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it's just it's I, I already have a hard time keeping up with the show's commitments as it is. I, I think it's going to be more like a once a month type deal. Uh, of course, we'll we'll do our normal thing where we don't commit to anything. We'll just do it at random times so <laughs> nobody can nobody can depend on us for anything. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, we're, I'm trying to work with John to figure out how uh, best to preserve them uh, for people who can't tune in mm-hmm. uh, because they're not edited. Uh, so they they don't have the same kind of snappy feel as the regular episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're trying to like it, it's it's a balance, right? They're trying to give people as much content as possible. There's lots of people who really enjoy the live streams and think they're lots of fun, and there's other people who are like, "What the fuck is this? This is <laughs> this is slow and dumb." And <laughs> why why are you yeah. doing this? If if only they would realize that that's literally how all tapings go too. Yeah, it's a it's a ten minute clip when it comes out, but it was three hours of that. While it's you're doing it's it. different different stuff for different people. I'm yeah. I'm just trying to like some people they they can't get enough PGC no matter what the format is. Yeah. So I we'll do it from time to time. I do think that we're gonna stick to YouTube uh, for cooking streams. Because you made a killing uh, too, money wise. It was a, it was a lot more and. Because we can't throw pennies at you. Yeah, well, people were very generous. I think uh, several people tuned in who are longtime fans of the show uh, don't know what Twitch is or not familiar with the platform, but they saw it on YouTube and they're like, "Oh, hell yeah!" So there's like a lot, a lot of people are like, you know, "Thanks for all the years of content." Threw us some bucks, and that was really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, what I, you know, what I like too about so, like you said about pres- uh, preserving it, so it does auto. I saw that John was able to go in and. Um, put like thumbnails on them. So that was cool uh, in post. And then um, what I like is, so when you view the video, um, like if you're not using like an Apple TV or something like where you're just going to view the video, but if you use like your laptop or like if you're going to phone view and you keep it in like uh, portrait mode or whatever, um, you can switch over to the stored live chat. So it has a comment section and it also has the scrolling live chat. So, While you're talking to like the people like in the stream or yelling yelling at me like you did the whole time, um, 
you you can see the the interaction. Yeah, which is really and, cool. And that for me, that's that's why I think the live streams are fun. Is because they're live and people can like participate. They can heckle me. They can throw money at me, and all <laughs> those things I think are, are fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's 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 not. It's not the core of our content. We're not going to switch to being streamers or whatever. Uh, but I do think it's a fun way to like hang out with folks for uh, for an evening. So definitely going to do it more in the future. And I think that we're not giving enough credit to you, Brett, for that particular live stream because <laughs> you gave me all the recipes and you like live troubleshooted all the stuff that I fucked up. When I decided to deviate from the recipe, <laughs> you, mean, you mean when you didn't let the oil heat up, you used too much oil, and then you crowded it, and then it just you were just basically boiling the pork chunks. Look, Man, not, why I've is it? Never why said, is it brown? I have never said that I'm a good cook, <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. Uh, but also, it's live streaming is a completely different uh, like state of mind, where like I have to interact with multiple people who are like working in the kitchen with me so there's someone who's filming there's another person monitoring the chat and like throwing words at me uh people are trying to talk to me at the same time while i'm cooking and it's it's a lot like i I, i'm i i struggle to like keep everything straight so i think like i'm even more prone to fuck up the cooking (laughs) yeah and then the uh the Maduros just never showed up. <laughs> like, ah, fuck it. We made I, that was a that was a judgment call of I don't want to cook anymore. <laughs> They're still in my freezer. I uh uh my friend who you'd met, she uh she missed the live stream. She had texted me next, she's like, Phil does live streams. I was like, Well, it's the first one on YouTube. I'm like, you can go back and watch it. So she went and watched it and she really uh really, really in, enjoyed that. She especially enjoyed our uh "Quote unquote banter, especially as the night went on, because I had also been drinking. So, yeah, <laughs> as you per- as you attacked me, just there just there came a point in the night where I realized it, I wasn't going to come out if if you didn't tell me exactly what to do, though. <laughs> Brett, could you just read the recipe to me? I'm like, I'm no, I I have to type it. <laughs> like, no, I can't read the recipe. <laughs> like, how do I make these beans? <laughs> like, fuck." Hold on, let me quick type this all out, and then Kayla can yell it at you. That would have been great. That's what I wanted. <laughs> they turned out good, though. I mean, yeah, your pork very good. Your pork probably ended up a little dry, but yeah, it was fine. Yeah, well, that's good. I'll tell you, man, that marinade that, uh, as you called it, the mojo, <laughs> or as the rest of the earth calls it, moho. Um, that's good stuff. That's Mojo like what, sounds better than moho. It does. That stuff's. I love that stuff on just pork. It's great. Yeah, very good. And the uh, there's probably MSG in it too. I would assume, but the uh, the acids of the the bitter orange help with the tenderizing. Yeah, if you ever make like um, uh, pernil, which is like the roast uh, pork butter shoulder, it's like a Puerto Rican roast they make around Christmas and stuff. That's the marinade you use. Or if you ever make the uh, Similarly, the the pork that you'd make for uh, Cuban sandwiches, it uses mm-hmm. like the same moho. But yeah, it's cool. good. Shit's good. Thank you, Goya. Oh, speaking of which, this is a perfect time to. Well, other than the commercial may have been a good time, but um, how about uh, we got a little reply from Goya? Two dancing ladies. After after <laughs> weeks of harassing them on all social media platforms. 
<laughs> Goya has sort of acknowledged our existence. I, I love, I was like, oh, I, I got to flirt back. So all I sent them was uh, a fucking bitmoji of my fat, my fat cartoon dancing along with their dancing ladies. And Phil's reply is, we're trying to reach you. <laughs> we've, we've been trying to reach you. <laughs> the direct approach. No, no flirtation. Just get back to us. I'm telling you. Uh, well, it's not, I didn't. I haven't made any uh, Spanish-like food since then, so I haven't been able to spam them. Anything. I gotta think of. I gotta think of something to do, though. I gotta. You gotta stay front of mind when you're when you're, uh, you know, just kind of in a flirty relationship with a corporation. You gotta make sure you're. You're I'll there. Take your word for it. Yeah. So that's that's the plan. I will. I will say. I'll say on the podcast. I've been telling people this IRL that the the the. Um, the exuberance and enthusiasm of the PGC fan base for Goya products has changed my opinion on them. <laughs> and that I, I had no opinion on them. And now I kind of like Goya because you guys like Goya so much. <laughs> it's in, Goya is an infectious trend. No, I, uh, I liked Goya back in the day literally because it was cost effective. Um, in college, like I ate a lot of beans because it was cheap for protein and their Goya beans were like cheaper than the store brand. So that's why I started in the Goya stuff. But then after a while, I just really kind of liked their stuff. And then when you're, if you want to make any, uh, like Latin Caribbean stuff or Cuban, and I mean, you can, they still have stuff for like Mexican stuff too. So like Spanish speaking, you know, North American foods, um, they, they, it, they're re all their stuff's reasonably priced. And, uh, they're like the best source for like that kind of, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to like, just that they have the ingredients and they're good. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I would say that um, I've been impressed at some of like the niche products that they have. It's like fairly obscure ingredients that would not necessarily be easy to find. And they do a, a nice job of like packaging them into things that makes it makes those, those uh, cuisines more accessible. Yeah. And their um, their frozen discos are great, which are like the empanada skin. So you can use that for. Um, I use them actually when uh, I make uh, uh, samosas. You can use them for making samosas. Oh, cool! Yeah, so those are. And what I like about Goya packaging too, um, sometimes for like the uh, like if you see the, like the other brands, like if you go to a place that's big enough, like probably Saraga has other competing Latin stuff. Like around here, they do. Yeah, they you, do. You just have like Goya and. I don't know how to say it. If it's it's like Badia or Badia, is that the I think it's Badia. Okay, so that's like the competing one. But I notice a lot of the other ones. They everything comes in like bulk only because they assume like you're feeding a giant family maybe. But like Goya packaging, they make small sizes, which I appreciate. It's like I don't need. They also make like if you want those frozen empanada shells in a hundred pack, you can get it. But a reasonable twenty is available. You know, like that kind of stuff. Like you don't. Same thing with the adobo which we joked about, you can get a seven and a half pound container of adobo seasoning or eight ounces. Perfect. Yeah. So I like that. But uh, yeah, everybody get on the Goya. I mean, we, we got Lee on the Goya train. I don't even want to know how much he ended up spending for that shaker, eight ounce shaker of Goya. Well, the, the Australian economy doesn't make any sense to me either. Like that, I know they have money, but I don't know how much it's worth. They're like, I think the exchange rate is, uh, we're like one and a half to one. So I think like when things are like three bucks, it's like a buck and a half for us. 
And so it's like almost two times. So you almost divide by two. It doesn't work out 100% like that, but it's close to that. Okay. So, yeah, when he shows like the three-some dollar tin of Goya beans, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> but it ends up being like a buck, a buck 70 is still too much for Goya beans. Sorry, Goya. Like that's a, that's a yeah, 70 cent can of beans. I feel like Australians are always complaining about how expensive everything is. But like, is it? I don't know. I don't know how how legitimate that is. Well, and I, and I don't know what you get paid to work in Australia. I mean, everything's relative. So if you get paid, you know, the annual salary that's a number that's twice as much as ours, then it's all a wash. Then everything makes sense. I guess. Yeah. You know. You know what I mean. But also, uh, they're mostly like desert where you can't grow anything. So. If you're importing pretty much like it's like if you ever go to like a Caribbean vacation and like a Coke is like four dollars and it's literally because they have to put it on a ship to get it to you. Like that's just that's kind of part of it, I think. I mean, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. I that's I was uh, I was in Rhode Island recently and that's how I felt in some I was in Newport, Mm -hmm. which is like parts of that are legitimately just like on a island, basically. And. Shit was expensive and options were limited. And I was like, well, it's probably a pain in the ass to get anything here. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're, you're paying the logistics premium. Yeah. Except if you're an Amazon prime customer, then you get it all for free. You're not. Yeah, exactly. I don't see it on the list of exclusions. It's always APOs and military addresses in Hawaii, but continental United States, you're good to go. Oh, thank you. Goya. (laughs) Uh, Did Goya make you burp? I think so. It's uh, they bring out the best to me. Alrighty, um, let's Alrighty. <laughs> just move past that. Uh, graciously, we are on to. So we're gonna circle back. I like to just go in order. So we kind of already touched on it, but the the beer tour, like you said, we're gonna get in that again. So back at Warped Wings. So this is. Uh, mm, I wouldn't say it's your longest episode ever, but it's close. Um, I didn't pull any clips for it, uh, just because it's mostly just uh, educational. It was edutainment. I felt like I learned things, and it was very uncomfortable. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, it." I for me, that experience was a dream come true, uh, because my other interests uh, beyond cooking and drinking uh, include manufacturing processes. So I, I really nerd out uh, anytime I'm in a factory and I see like. How how stuff gets made, uh, and that John Haggerty is a beer wizard. Like he's brilliant, brilliant dude. Uh, so I I had an absolute blast. Uh, flip side, and I I think I think he'll be okay with me saying this. <laughs> John, my cameraman editor, was so bored through that whole thing. He like didn't even. <laughs> He, he, I think he did a tremendous job filming for how little entertained he was. He, I don't think he's got a lot of enthusiasm for doing more of those. <laughs> he, he told me um, at a certain point in that in that process, I think it was at the end when I was asking John a bunch of questions, and only a few of those made it into the final edit. Um, he was sitting, he's thinking to himself while he was filming us. He's like, man, I'm so glad that Phil likes to talk to people and can make them be entertaining because I 
don't ever want I, I would I just have no appetite for that whatsoever. You're like, thank thank God that I'm not in this position where I have to talk to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's but I, I wouldn't say but John's not I, do you think he's you'd say he's introverted? I thought he was sociable. No? He, no, no, he is he is sociable. He just cares about very specific kinds of things. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so he's either really into stuff or he's not. Gotcha. And there's a lot of stuff that I think that I get pretty enthusiastic about, such as manufacturing processes, <laughs> uh, that he just doesn't care for. And that's fine. Yeah, you're definitely a happy boy. That's a, that's my fair, literally my favorite part of all three of these episodes. Just it's uh, you get so excited. You're so excited. I could, so excited. <laughs> excited Phil is my favorite Phil. Yeah, I could do that for a living. I could literally host manufacturing documentaries for a living, and I I would be very happy. You could do the uh, the voiceover on how it's made. I would love that. People would love my sweet sonorous voice. <laughs> that sounds like a celebrity that you don't like being compared yeah, to. Ray Romano. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that his name? Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Ray Romano or uh, John Ratzenberger. Or both. Well, Ray, Ray Romano. Those are my two dads. He Ray Romano's not from the Midwest, though, is he? Because Rats is, I believe, if I remember correctly. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know either of those personally. I'm not. Uh, not a fan. You know, I just got back into him because of you. It's just the voice. I just you know need to hear more of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so along with that beer tour, so um, let's see. So you did pretty much just like start to end. Uh, beginning process you started with the raw went through the whole mash process um tanks fermenters all that good stuff all the way to the end and then you got to taste uh that barrel aged beer which was was what you said a pumpkin i don't know yeah it was uh, imperial pumpkin ale gotcha non-carbonated of course because it's barrel aged so uh how would you describe that one uh it was it was delicious uh you know it's a nice pumpkin flavor Kind of a dark beer, fairly heavy. Definitely would have benefited from carbonation. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I, I was totally geeking out. It was so cool to just have it coming flying out of a barrel. It felt like some, like, you know, medieval shit. Like, let's tap the keg. We're having a festivus. But I, I, I just like that their preferred tap method, instead of like uh, using a thief through the bunghole in the top, they just put a nail into it and then occasionally pull the nail out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've never seen. But then again, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever witnessed any anything about barrel aging beer. Maybe that's normally what you do, but because everything else I watch is whiskey based. And there mm-hmm. you're using the whiskey thief in the the top bung. Like that's the way you get it out, not they don't normally stab the barrel and <laughs> just pull it out and let it drain. But uh, I uh I was at a winery recently also in Rhode Island. And I learned there uh, something kind of cool, which was that when you barrel age wines, uh, you have to periodically fill them back up. Mm-hmm. So like with, with whiskey, you let it evaporate over time and it's fine. Yep. Uh, and the longer it goes, the less you get. But with wine, if you don't periodically fill it back up with more wine, it oxidizes and it tastes like shit. Well, that make, was, yeah, that would make. Thought sense. that was interesting. Yeah, because uh, air is like the biggest uh, problem with wine. That's why, like, they sell. Pardon, they sell all those uh, 
like uh, gadgets and like Bed Bath and Beyond or like uh, like a Brookstone, like where they're trying to like you're trying to vacuum seal a bottle that you've opened. Yeah, because it's like that's the biggest enemy. Whereas like yeah, like you said, whiskey. The enemy to whiskey is light. So just dark colored bottles, and as long as you're staying in a barrel, you're fine. But yeah, it really concentrates the uh, flavor. So yeah, so that makes sense. I never thought about it, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I know. Um, around here, we have a uh, a brewing supply place um, called Keystone Brewing Supply or Brewing Outlet, and they sell all the equipment to make beer. But they also sell all the wine making stuff, and you can and you can actually order their the grape varietals. So depending on the season, so you can just you literally just go buy giant bushels of the grapes, and then it's the oh, uh, cool. the old. Uh, I had a friend who uh, came from an Italian family, and they used to do it, and it's like that. God, I wish I I forget. Maybe you know the name of the vessel. It's like a giant. It looks like um, without the ridges. Uh, you know, like when you go to a water cooler, the the water thing. But you stand. It has a name, but it's a glass. It's like a thick glass, and that's what you make your wine in instead. Uh, uh like the big uh, carboys or whatever they are. Maybe that's what I I I, I wish I could remember the name. Is it a big jug? A big jug? Basically? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's probably what, it's a carboy. Okay. Yeah, so they, they sell all that kind of stuff. And I always thought that was kind of cool. But the thing is... Or, or uh, there's there's another name for it. I think it's a, a analogy. No, that's a brand name. It's Garboy. Okay. Garboy. Well, there you go. Yes, they sell all that. And I always thought that'd be kind of cool to make... I know if I made beer, I don't like beer enough that the effort would make sense to me. I like wine. But then the quantity that you make at a time, I don't know that I would get through quickly enough. I mean, you can bottle, but I just... That's always been my problem with these things. It's like everything always sounds really smart to me. Like, oh, I should do that. But then I don't think I would actually go through the end product fast enough where it's worth my time. The only one Sorry, that, that... Give it away to a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, one of the guys I used to work with, he made wine. And every Christmas, he used to give out wine to us. He'd make cute little labels and name them fun things and give us wine. So, I mean, there's that. The only thing that I'd be interested in is making whiskey, but that's still illegal. So I'm not yeah. going to be doing that. It's like, oh, you'll never get caught. It's like, I don't even want to risk it. I, I like to stay like out of jail is probably preferred. Risk averse. <laughs> yeah. The older the older I get, uh, you know, ugh, no, no, thank you. I've got too much to lose. I've got uh, homebrew equipment and I've, I've been telling people on this show forever. Like I've been in the research phase for like a couple years. Mm-hmm. But I think this is like maybe this winter. I think I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna finally actually brew something up. Well, you gotta be careful. There's a lot of sanitizing you gotta do, and I, I know how much that you're gonna love doing all that. Oh, I know. I, I know what's involved. <laughs> <laughs> maybe like you know you can't just stick your dirty fingers in it and lick them and yeah, see what it tastes like. I have to. I have to try hard. <laughs> You'll have to do a good job. I have faith in you. Are you going to record those if you do it, or are you too yeah, scared? I, I'm, well, I, I don't know. I, eventually, for sure. Um, but I don't know. I might just do it uh, trial batch first. I've been trying to do more, for, especially for like the uh, you know more involved type things. I've been trying to do more research and actually try to make it before just winging it on the show, so that it's you know useful <laughs> it's more likely to be a successful episode 
It's funny. One of the uh, a YouTube channel that gets recommended me a lot because I think because of the PGC and I watch some other like home cooking stuff is always this dude who makes. Uh, it's all about making shit that's going to get you drunk real cheap. Mm-hmm. And he was making like Applejack basically um, using like Walmart branded. Like you get the large jugs of apple juice. And he was showing how like in the container itself and he was making like that. And, like, like now you can only have like a glass or two of this because, you know, you can go blind. It's like, what the, f- the fuck is happening? <laughs> like, yeah. why are you teaching this? that's that's another that's another important factor like with uh you know if i'm gonna make a video on making beer and stuff i I gotta make something that is safe yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a little risky (laughs) yeah his channel is just strange yeah it's all every any and it's always the whole point of his thing is what's the cheapest way to make something drinkable that gonna get you drunk and it's like that, it's like different. Ju- it's always just giant, like Walmart branded containers of juices and stuff, like pitching yeast and letting it ferment. And yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't know. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what the name of his channel is, but it's. Uh, I'm sure other people that watch Pretty Good Cooking probably have had it recommended. It's strange. Hmm. So, all right. So that's beer tour. Anything else we want to touch on other than? Um, I mean, we mentioned before how excited you were just to work with them in general, and big we'll, things coming. Uh, we'll be go. We'll be doing more stuff with them in the future. Uh, so they're building a second site uh, in Spring Pro, and we will be we'll be there for it when they open up. Cool. That'd so that's probably going to be next year. Gotcha. Zena, let you use his smoker. Uh, he'll at least show me how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a very expensive piece of equipment so yeah. i don't know if they're gonna let me just touch it start d- d- dialing knobs and mm-hmm. yanking on levers and shit That'd be cool. who knows we'll see who knows all right so from beer to melon drinks um again not one that i pulled any clips for because this is just uh this was a bonus video hold on bonus video <laughs> ah that's at least the 10th so uh this one's a throwback. This is like, uh, what, three years old? Something like that? Yep. So this is just hanging out in the... Uh, didn't you say like a spreadsheet of old shit that's not gonna, that hasn't come out or probably never will? Was that where this is? No, 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 no. We Well, we have a spreadsheet for managing videos, what we filmed, what's going to be edited and stuff. Um, but the there are, there are a few that have been parked in purgatory and will probably never be released. But we have years and years worth of material where we we just have like this backlog. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially Friday episodes, those are bonus content, right? It's not every Friday. Uh, John tries to get to them when he's got time and he's had a little bit more time recently. Um, but yeah, this is so this this is just one we always intended to release it. It's a silly video. Um, but yeah, that's that's we filmed uh grilling a lamb of leg that same day a lamb of is, leg gotcha which is not a very good episode uh <laughs> i actually was really pissed off that day at john <laughs> oh uh, and it was because like it's it's a pretty expensive piece of meat yeah to get, like a whole leg of lamb yeah and he took a phone call like from his dad or something mm. while we were filming and just like fucked off uh, and so it's like completely the abandoned the the process, and I was like, "Well, like 
you missed everything and now I'm mad. <laughs> so I had, we, we, we worked it out. Obviously we're still making shows and stuff, but yeah. that, that day I was pissed. Yeah. And that's not fun. Pissed. I like you. No. I like you annoyed. Like, no, oh, I was, I was disappointed. Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, Lego lamb, I, uh, that's, I normally buy once a year and it's, uh, like the week after Easter when it goes on the manager special because it's past the sell-by. But it's in a vacuum. Normally around here they sell it in the that real heavy plastic vacuum seal because they're coming from like New Zealand or some shit. So yeah. for like 60% off, I mean, you can get like a leg of lamb uh, for like 20 bucks. Fuck yeah, mm-hmm. for 20 bucks. But yeah. Yeah, that was – it was like imagine – again, I'm, I'm not trying to shit on John, but it was a disappointing experience. Imagine you're like, you're uh, planning on hanging out with someone, and then they just take a phone call, and it's like it takes two hours, and it, like you know it's it's family, right? So normally in that kind of circumstance, you'd be like, okay, your family called. If it's like an emergency or like they need your help with something, yeah, go talk to them. But no, it was it was like they were just bullshitting, mm. and the lamb got dry. Oh, as it does, and you know what though, that's uh, for how fatty lamb is. That that thing really got overcooked. If you yeah. dried out lamb, that takes talent. Yep. Well, uh, no big deal. Yeah, you know, it's in the past. It is in the past. That's right. It's in the past. We've all moved on. So yeah, I mean, I I was like the bonus the bonus Fridays. It's a little treat. You know, it pops up in your notifications like, hey, what's this for me? How nice. So that that's fun, and then uh, Rain also has it, so it automatically shows up in the uh, Discord uh, announcements. Because uh, I don't really turn on my YouTube uh, notifications that much, because like they're really fucking annoying. Like mm-hmm. they notify you about everything, so I never ring that bell. I will smash the like button though, but I will not ring the <laughs> bell <laughs> because ringing the bell annoys. Because it's um. It'll be like I'll be just like sitting at work, and I know you're not actually doing anything, like. But you'll get like these alerts by like, oh, pretty good going to this or whatever. Like, they're just really fucking annoying. So I, I don't. But uh, it's nice with the Discord because I'm really fucking around in there um, at lunch, and uh, you get the announcements and a little little bonus episode will pop up in there, which is nice. It's fun. Um, along with that, also, so when you go live on YouTube or if you go live on Twitch, that pops up in there too, which is fun. Cool. Uh, right. So, melon drink, and that's probably all we need to talk about. Melon drink. You cut a uh, cut a watermelon in half, uh, blended it up, put some booze in it, and drank out of it uncomfortably. <laughs> I just the thought end. it would be funny to showcase a drink in a melon. <laughs> that's all. Uh, it's uh, this is and there's another Brett hot take. I'm not a huge eating a watermelon fan. But I like watermelon juice drinks, which is weird, I guess. Like, I like the way watermelon tastes. Like And, like, watermelon Jolly Ranchers are the best Jolly Rancher. But, like, I don't know if it's the texture because it's mostly water, but you're crunching. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But, like, I don't find the experience of eating watermelon to be a pleasurable one. And I think when you blend it or you, you know, juice it in some way, you get more concentrated watermelon flavor than just eating at whatever. Yeah. That's a random I, random one. I like all things watermelon, including salted watermelon. 
Ooh, salted watermelon. That's good. Uh, Do you ever get like the dehydrated watermelon? No, I've never had that. Oh, that's good. good. Yeah, it's like um, normally you'll find it like with uh, like where they have apricots and banana chips and stuff. Or like, and they'll have like dry, like if they have like dry papaya, a lot of times they'll have dehydrated watermelon. It's expensive though, because watermelon is water. (laughs) Yeah, probably pretty low yields. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's good. It's good. It's like, uh, um, I would say it's a little bit more chewy, um, at least the ones I've had, but I I don't know if that's just because the, uh, the timing of purchasing it, but they're, um, not as crisp as like a banana chip. They're a little bit like, uh, I wouldn't say a fruit leather. Not that consistency, so there's still some crunch, but it's um, a little bit rubbier. But yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and I wonder. I, I really, it's funny though. I wonder if they'd not really. I can't imagine doing just a hunk. It's probably what it is. Is it's probably ground, drained, and then like maybe put flat, and then they just break it off into pieces. I doubt you that, could just do yeah, chunks. There's not enough structural integrity otherwise. Yeah, that's got to be what it is. It's good though. It is good. Cool. I'll have to try it. Uh, breakfast casserole. So that's the last one, um, for this month. And, uh, let's see. So that was just, just this past Tuesday. Uh, and I'll just intro with the first clip from breakfast casserole, which is always step one of every recipe. My, uh, my, uh, bad idea of the evening was to, instead of having be, be the first step to make a drink, because it's hot, it's, it's hotter in blazes. Here in September in Ohio, we've hit our second summer. I wanted the first step to be take off your pants, and I was just gonna take my pants off and put on the shorts, which I now have on. But then I remembered I'm a professional, and I probably shouldn't film myself taking off pants. <laughs> <laughs> It would have been funny. It would have, and, it, and really not that scandalous. I mean, no, like boxer shorts look like shorts. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, you might have seen some of the skin directly above my knee. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're 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 normally showing some ankle as it is. So scandalous. Yeah, yeah boxer shorts yeah, are in shorts. <laughs> But I, I think I made the right call. Prop, it's like, uh, it's funny, but it's also like you have to remember it lives forever. Yep. Like, there's, no, there's no getting rid of it. It doesn't matter if you delete the video. It's still out there. There's it's, certainly enough footage of uh, of me that's not that flattering out there on the internet already. It'll need to add to the pile. Well, that, you know, it probably would have just given me another opportunity to take a screen cap and try to make an emoji out of it for us. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> my those fill heads are like one of my favorite things in the world right now. And we need to make more of those. Yeah. Well, I got to get a Rain. whole suite of emojis. <laughs> yeah. Rain hasn't made the disgusted fill yet. I'll just keep posting it over and over again, hoping it happens. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get around to it. <laughs> that was great. So that was the live stream when you caught, when you caught the bug. Well, that's where those two came from. Surpri- like amazed Phil and then grossed out Phil. <laughs> like, oh, I caught it. And then you looked at it like, ugh. <laughs> those are great Phil faces. Oh, shit. Uh, all right. So breakfast casserole. Um, so who... I don't know if I recognize your friend. I don't know if they even want to be put on, the one that didn't like eggs. That's Sarah. That's John's girlfriend. Oh, okay. She doesn't She's like a eggs. Bit camera shy. No eggs, huh? Yeah, but she ate that. She she enjoyed it. I know people that like they don't like eggs if it's the thing 
on the plate. Like if it's just, you know, like two, like uh, over easy eggs and like a side of like like if it's in egg form they don't like it, but if it's like a casserole or an omelet they'll typically eat it because it's eggs with things. Right. Then there's just certain people that don't like the idea of eggs because of where they come from. And it's like, well, you drink milk, right? Because that's not a great place for fluids to be coming from either. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Nature's gross. Uh, Yeah. She she was a champ. I mean, she she was willing to try it and was – she liked it. So no big deal. You know what's different about your breakfast casserole that I've never done – when making is the uh the cube bread on the bottom i never oh did, yeah i never did it that way that's critical it's the the quintessence of gut fill well that's probably that's probably why i've never gotten the volume like you did like i've never even thought of doing so like mine always end up more quiche like and also the same height so you're only like a couple inches high but that thing was like he was big boy yep. yeah yeah so that was actually uh that was a good tip yeah i've never done it that way yeah, that's uh, that's like I think one of the biggest things that separates it from a quiche or from from other types of stuff. Just all that bread, mm-hmm. and you don't even like you, you don't it it dissolves and kind of conglomerates into one big thing. So it's kind of a different texture too. It's not like you're getting big hunks of bread. Yeah, I would assume it's probably like uh, if you've ever made bread pudding, because that just ends yeah. up in a massive stuff. It's not like chunks of bread. I mean, well, if you've had a shitty one, they're chunks of bread, but. Right. Like a good one's, a good one's not. Yeah, so good top tip on there. And that was just, uh, that was what, sausage, egg, cheese, potato? I mm-hmm. did, yeah. We, uh, that's a, that one's near and dear to my heart. And I, I'm actually not totally sure how close the recipe I made was to uh, family recipes. But we would have it every Christmas. Uh, we would do like a Christmas brunch. And somebody, usually my grandmother, would make... Uh, the egg dish, as we called it. Mm-hmm. So, Christmas morning is, you know, most people look back fondly on it. And so I associate that with Christmas time. Yeah, and that, my comment on it was, uh, I love breakfast casserole, but as a child, it was always served at funeral receptions, so it may make me sad. <laughs> it's yeah. tr- and it's true, like, I had, so my parents are older. Um, I was born when my dad was almost 40 so, you know, all the, my aunts and uncle, and my dad was the youngest of his family and my mom is second youngest and she was older too. So all my aunts, uncles, you know, extended family, grandparents are all, you know, a lot older than a lot of people's were. So, um, there was a lot of people dying off when I was in like my elementary school years, but when you're a family, you know, you always go to the house first and then you do the funeral and then you do the reception. And like, normally when you're at the house first, there's always like two, like, breakfast casseroles and like it's just like the thing that's in my mind like i love them oh, but man. it's also like this is the death food it's that's uh, sad i know it is I'm weird sorry to hear that <laughs> it's weird what you associate things with it's like the first thing that came to mind it's like oh i love those oh now i'm sad <laughs> yeah like uh so there's i think we talked about before there's uh like a regional thing uh from an area right outside of philadelphia like norristown i think it's like the tomato pie where it's like a Yep. Yeah, yeah. Where it's a little bit thicker and it's tomatoes and they just put like parmesan on top and you serve it like room temperature. Well, my uh my aunt's second husband was an Italian dude and they were, and he was from the Norristown area. And that was my favorite part of every 
uh, Christmas because he used to make tomato pie every Christmas, like multiple ones. Because you can add top, so you put like mushroom, like you normally like one topping. So like there'd yeah. be like pepperoni on one and mushroom on that. That's like so like tomato pie brings back childhood Christmas memories, and then and then breakfast casserole depresses the hell out of me. <laughs> well, she. <laughs> yep. Uh, we'll have to get you to make tomato pie so I can smile again. <laughs> yeah, sometime. Sure. Uh, it's it's it, it'd be like a good Friday episode because it's going to be very underwhelming. It's uh, oh, I'm sure John will turn it into a Tuesday episode. <laughs> <laughs> the th- it, uh, the thing with it is like you do have to have good tomatoes because it's like literally that's the star. Like you can't yeah. you can't go shitty on it. So that's that's the challenge of tomato pie. Um, let's see what we got. Oh, uh, breakfast cut. So the uh, uh, sort of along the lines of the uh, the burger. The burger method, you get into like the uh, um, the beating of eggs. So I'll just uh, play this quickly and talk about it. Gonna put some half and half in them eggs. How much was that? Every quarter cup. We're gonna beat them eggs. Now every recipe on the internet and on the YouTube and anywhere else will be telling you don't overbeat your eggs. Well, what will happen if you overbeat your eggs? No, I don't know why they say don't do it. I think what are they gonna be more mixed? They're gonna like stiffen up and be like, oh, we don't want to cook no more. They're gonna crawl out of the bowl and onto the floor because you beat them too much. I don't know. Some things in life we'll just never know. <laughs> so the overbeating of eggs. So, I I mean scientifically, so you're beating eggs to denature the proteins. But if you overbeat, then you denature too much, and that's when they end up separating when you cook them. I guess that's really the long and the short of it. But yeah, I know there's like, um, uh, what was who's the French cook that Anthony Bourdain was friends with? The, I think he might be. He was the one he was visiting when Anthony, uh, you know, ended. Uh, I can't remember. I don't know. But he has some cooking instructional videos, and like a traditional French omelet, while you're beating them, you beat them till they're pale. So oh, like, really? Yeah. So you like over. You're basically overbeating your eggs, but like for like a French omelet, you beat till like it pale yellows. But I guess at that point though, if you keep going, it can be an issue. But even with um, so the, most of the proteins in the in the whites, so like even if you're making like a meringue, if you so if once you get to stiff peaks, if you keep going, it'll literally just separate. You'll get like a white-ish stuff, and then it'll look like water coming out of it. Yeah. So, so you can't I've act. never never had it happen. Well, I guess that's why I'm ignorant of the consequences. Well, that's just I can't commit. I I can't commit to making fucking meringue as it is. You might have time. Yeah, I'm not going to make that. No, I'm not. I don't make my own uh, whipped cream. I don't make my own meringue. Not when you can buy it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, it's just too much effort. Even I have a stand mixer, and I'm still not going to make my own meringue. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, so I've never been in the position of uh, overbeating eggs because I've never, I've never put myself in it. Just like you know, don't distill whiskey if you're not willing to get caught and go to jail. See, same thing. Don't make meringue unless you're willing to break your meringue. That's good advice. See, so, so Brett's just looking out for all of you. Yeah, so uh, maybe that makes up for me uh, wanting to fight Lee, or not. I think that's a. False equivalence. Yeah. I'm just trying to gain my karmic points back. I'm still coming for you, Lee. That's what's up. Um, all right. So that takes us through the month. Um, anything else we want to talk about breakfast casserole other than they're fantastic? And you, if you've never had one, you need to. Because it really is, I wouldn't say poor man's quiche, but 
Um, it's well, I wouldn't say a quiche is hard to make, but it's uh, the yield is a lot better with a breakfast casserole. And you can throw <laughs> all kinds of shit in it. You can scale it up more. Oh yeah. How many eggs did you end up? Did you use a dozen or did you use eighteen? Used a dozen. Just a dozen. Yep. And that was what probably could have probably could have put more in to be honest. Yeah. And that was what a nine by thirteen something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like breakfast because you can throw you can throw bacon, you can throw sausage, you can throw some uh, veg in it. Um, the only thing is, you probably want to if it's a veg that has a lot of water content, you're gonna want to cook that off first. <laughs> you're gonna have yourself a soupy casserole otherwise. Yeah, my mom makes a really healthy version, which has none of the bad stuff in it, and it has like tomatoes and broccoli and stuff, mm. and it's pretty good. Does she use the whole egg or just whites? She uses whole eggs, I'm well, pretty sure. There we go. So it's still a little bit bad for you. Well, whatever. Whatever whatever they say. Controversial. This, yeah, whatever. Who knows? Whatever they say, they eggs are. Or not. Yeah. yeah, what do they say this month? Is our eggs good for us again? I don't remember. Yeah, so that's uh, breakfast casserole. So that brings us to the end of uh, this month's episode. So um, we talked, we teased it on last podcast. So, uh, picking a, a, a past episode, uh, for people to go back on. I think you touched on one earlier. Was there any episode you had in mind? Um, no, I didn't put any thought into it, of course. Yeah, uh, why would but you? <laughs> the, I, I think a man's guide to grilling steak is nice and ranty. Um, I think that, uh, the episode we point people to as like an old school classic PGC episode uh, is the chicken euros? I think. I, I, hold on, let me let me <laughs> let me make sure that's right. <laughs> let me make sure this is the one I'm thinking about. Listen, to chicken euros. Yeah, how to make super tasty chicken euros, which is all. This is almost. It's it's over four years old now. Mm. Go back and watch that one. It's a it's a fun one. Perfect. And I thought I'd come up with something while we were talking. I haven't. The only thing I can say is we talked about if so. It's not a traditional episode, um, but if you haven't watched the live stream, I would say go back and watch that and watch it on watch it on like a mobile device or your computer, so you can. And um, when you scroll down, you'll see there's just the comments, but you'll have like a settings thing on the right and you can switch it over to the live chat and then in the live chat you can do um top i think it's like top chat and or live if you switch it to live you see every comment as they're coming i don't know how the algorithm works for whatever they consider the top chat i i don't know all i know is it filters out some stuff so do it to live and then go back and watch that and that's in two parts so it's like three hours of your life (laughs) but it's uh it's fun I think uh, there's a good part where uh, Phil disappears for about 20, 25 minutes trying to find the internet and then comes back without the internet. Yeah, I just was tearing my basement apart. <laughs> Have you Very rectified upset. that? Did you, did you find an ethernet cable? Not the one I was looking for. I still don't know where it is. <laughs> Are you going to get one for our next live stream or just fuck it? I don't know. Uh, I think... Um, well, Rain, Rain just moved into a new house and they've got like a fancy a big open kitchen we might actually do some streams there oh there you go and then he'll have all his equipment there too cool so that that's co- that's sneak peek of things to come 
Ooh, that's a remote PGC live stream. That'll be fun. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll wrap up saying I've never been this sober at this point during any of these <laughs> in the last three years. It feels so, first of all, it feels strange that there's sun. I can't believe I'm sober. Um, maybe I'll actually put more effort into editing because I'm sober. So eh, we'll find out, I guess. Here's here's my question for you, Brett. Hmm. Did I whine a single time during Did, this podcast? Maybe it's because a you're sober and b because I've been giving you shit for your whining. Yeah, no, I made a <laughs> I made a concerted effort not to be negative. <laughs> well, you you did a good job. Thank you. That's all I want. Yeah. Well, we also had. Uh, which you won't see because of editing. You know, we had a little bit of a pause in there too. So, you know, you got a like a 15 minute break. Yeah, you got a little break from the action, you know, change it up a little bit. You don't have to sit and talk at me for two and a half hours like usual. So No whining. No. Only good things. I, I guess I whined a little bit about what John did like three or four years ago, but that's that's okay because it was di- that's different. That's justified. That's justified and it wasn't directed towards me and it didn't make me sad in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm okay with it. All right. All right. Any parting words? We good? No, we good. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Yeah, it's been great. Talk to you guys later. Okay, bye. (laughs)